and welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Deister. And if you could, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a review. It really does help with the rankings and let us know how we're doing. But this week, I'm going to be talking to John McCartney, and he is the principal at JMAC PR. He has more than 20 years of experience in San Francisco and New York leading PR and social media campaigns, a number of brands in technology, advertising, marketing, media, entertainment, health, finance, and cannabis industry. And he's got a wealth of knowledge and we would like to welcome to the show. So welcome to the show, John. Thank you, Brett, for having me. And the question I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Team coffee. I like to make my own cold brew that lasts me for a couple of days each morning. And then just recently, I was thinking about getting one of those Nespresso, like one cup machines. So end up getting that. So, but I'm total coffee. Yeah, that's basically me, but I do like tea as well. Do you have any favorite brands of coffee that you actually like or roast or enjoy? There's a special brand. It's called Kirkland. It's found in one of these like not too well-known store called Costco. Oh yeah. I've never heard of that one before. Anyways, can you give our audience a little bit about more about your expertise than what I've just said? Sure, absolutely. Thank you again, Brett, for having me on. And hello to the listeners. My name is John McCarty. I'm the principal of JMAC PR. It's a consultancy that I started in 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was sort of something that I've always wanted to do and finally happy that I was able to pull the trigger and, and do it. I have about 20 plus years of experience in PR and the thing that people know me the most is the fact that I'm really strong in media relations and of relations and in tech PR. I like working with technology companies and I've worked with companies from like pre-seed rounds to like further along in their life cycle. But also during the course of my career, I've also have done some consumer PR work as well. And for about two years, did work in-house at Winter Media, working on the Men's Journal and Hustle Weekly titles. But for me, it's it's more about working with these brands as far as like their communications and PR approach, finding the right narrative that's going to help increase awareness and visibility for the clients. Gotcha. And that's a pretty big wealth of experience. I'm just going to say it right there, but... Speaking of just like technology and tech products in general, how have PR pros had to pivot from their messaging? Because tech products have been actually pretty popular, especially nowadays because of everybody working from home, like I said before. So how has PR pros pivot to meet that on-demand approach of, well, we have awareness, but we get more awareness and the right awareness too. Yeah. I think just looking back at the past year, obviously a lot of things have changed. I don't, think I need to go into that. But I think the one thing that I think we've sort of seen from from this pandemic, from the PR standpoint, and, and also like this uh, increased demand in tech products is that I think, number one, the, the ability to work remotely and getting the work done, I think that's sort of been answered. So I think that's something that I think companies are just going to sort of figure out, like, do you really need to bring the whole team into the office? I think we're just going to become like a more remote working industry going forward. I just don't think there is really any need to sort of have people come in because you have all these tech products that has really helped us do our jobs without uh, missing a beat, so to speak. So I think from, from that 
standpoint, I think that's the increase in the usage of these tech products like Zoom, Slack. There's also a number of other sauna. Those are some of the products that I personally use in my day-to-day work. And I think that's what other colleagues I hear are also using as well. But as it relates to PR pitching and the work that we're doing, you know, to me, the one thing that I sort of took away from this past year is that not having the ability to actually call reporters to do any follow-up, yes, I will raise my hand. I am one of those people who do like to call reporters and just follow up and say, hey, just wanted to check in. Hope you're not busy right now. Just wanted to see, had a chance to take a look at the pitch that I sent. And unfortunately, we weren't able to because no one's in the office. And that was definitely challenging. But it was the other point that I took away from this pandemic was how we saw the increase in automated responses from, sorry, this person is no longer working at the outlet. Or in some cases, sorry, we have to close up shop. Those are some of those things that uh, I thought were really glaring for us as PR practitioners during this pandemic. But but I do think like the lights at the end of the tunnel, I think we're going to start getting more busy. And there might be some instances where some of our uh, media colleagues are going to go back into the office. And then we can then phone follow up for those who practice that skill. Mm -hmm. And is that kind of some of the weaknesses that PR pros had to overcome was basically we have media where we just contacted over the phone. Maybe we have to do now through Slack or we have to do through Microsoft teams or also the internal communication type of question, because I think a lot of PR pros were caught off guard going, Oh, I got to do this internal communications. I have never done this before. So Has that been some of the learning experiences that you've had to do is how do we do all this differently now? I think so in some respects. I think just looking back at the past year, like for myself as a one person PR shop and working directly with like my client contacts from like an internal communication standpoint, I think number one, my approach is is similar to all the clients that I work with as it relates to their internal communications. Just number one, from the onset, just making sure that you're their messaging and your brand positioning is, is pretty consistent for both the internal and, and external. But I think looking back on the past year and comparing it to pre-pandemic levels as it relates to internal communication, I mean, I think if anything, at the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, I advise clients to be a little bit more sensitive to sort of like their teams as far as like as far as having that empathetic approach in some of the messaging that needs to be distributed to the the team, but also taking a look from an external communication standpoint and just having a, a little bit more empathy, particularly at the onset of the pandemic, because no one knew what was going to happen. March, April, May, June of last year was primarily focused on the pandemic. So it didn't make sense for somebody to like, oh, here's this announcement that's nothing to do with what you're covering because I see that you're focused on the pandemic stuff. And I've had that happen to me last year where, like, for example, there was a client that I was working on that was focused on children's products. And I would pitch to this person at the New York Times, but I got an out of office So my workload has gotten shifted to focusing on the pandemic and less on family and parenting stuff for the time being. So it's just a long winded way of saying like, 
some of those observations from the beginning of the pandemic really made clients a little bit more critical and take a deeper look internally as far as, okay, what is the messaging that we're putting out there from an internal external standpoint? Is it empathetic? And then from there, I mean, it hasn't been like even today. I think it's like back to normal. Gotcha. And so have basically announcing like new products changed as well? Because you said like, if it's not really focused in on specific things in news and you can't really have, or most companies don't really have live events anymore, except for live streaming. I think Google and Microsoft, both their events are just basically all digital. So has the rethinking of announcing tech products or even just products in general been all about just live streaming and trying to do your best and figuring out how to do the best live stream tech announcement? Looking at like live streaming, my clients, I can say like they haven't really used that platform to do any kind of announcement. But I think seeing like the increase in live streaming in general during the pandemic is definitely one of the takeaways during this time. And I think that's something that's probably going to continue uh, once we even get past this pandemic, I think uh, companies will do that. I, I still also think that there is uh, going to be a return to offline events. I mean, I don't know if we'll see something as big as CES, where you have like these mega conferences, but I do think that there is, that live streaming will continue in some way for the PR industry. But I also go back to, I did a webinar last year with Vision on like best practices for like brand communications, like during COVID. And Going back to what I was saying before, I think having clients that are empathetic in their messaging, I think that's, that was one of the key things. But I think also just finding other narratives for the brand that really can sort of play well you know, with the media that isn't going to be super self-serving. I think that's something else that, that I wanted to point out. Gotcha. And social media, has it actually been basically a lifeline for PR pros to communicate to both customers and employees? And what strategies have come out with using that? Because like I said, a lot of like seeing people live was, or seeing people in real life or whatever you want to say is kind of, was not available or in most states not available to actually do. So was social media more of like the lifeline to just communicate to everybody in the invested customers and employees? No, I mean, for me, I will say off of that, I'm a big believer in the PESA motto, paid, earned, social, owned media. So you got those four compartments. PR to me is always earned media. I think when it comes to social media, I I always felt like, and I've worked at a social media agency before at one point in my career, social media has always been about sharing content to community. It's creating assets and then being able to share it with communities to grow the community, whatever the asset is. It could be a story, it could be an image, video, whatever it is. But I never looked at social media as sort of a lifeline for PR pros to communicate to customers. I feel like for me, I will always be in the camp of, of PR as storytellers. That's who we are. That's what we do. That's what we're paid to do for our clients. That's our job. So we work with the brands to find those narratives that are really going to translate to the media to help create and generate that earned media awareness. So I just don't see social media as sort of like a vehicle. Like, I mean, I work with my clients. We look at, okay, what are the things that are going to be newsworthy announcements, data points, 
rapid responses, case studies, testimonials. I mean, I think that will always be sort of the lifeline for me for how we help our brands and clients communicate to the marketplace. And none of my clients really were using social media to really talk to their customers. I mean, they have other vehicles that they're using, like newsletters, blog posts, Medium, I think is another tool that they use. But I wouldn't see Medium as a social media vehicle. Gotcha. And even more talking about, I guess, a newer one. Clubhouse has kind of exploded in the past, what, six months? and. Are you seeing more companies trying to figure out how to leverage that new audio? I guess I call it a new audio network because it's kind of a new thing. Yeah. I mean, I think my thoughts on Clubhouse, so I have been suggesting to my clients to create a Clubhouse room. Just get it done, park it, just create that room for the company, for the client. I look at Clubhouse from a thought leadership standpoint. And I think to me, thought leadership is one of the two tracks in PR that you have to focus on. One is increasing awareness for the brand, and the other is increasing the thought leadership for the stakeholders. So for me, I've always felt like, like looking at Clubhouse, that is a great new shiny toy that brands and executives can use to help build their thought leadership. So that's sort of how I look at it. I know like I don't have any clients. I, I actually, I do have one client that decided to create their own Clubhouse room so that they can like start inviting people uh, to these discussions about like this one client they're in the video advertising space but to talk about the subject the topic around video advertising i think that's key and i think more clients and executives need to be more vocal in clubhouse because when it comes to thought leadership the way that i look at it like you can do this in a number of different ways one is you can create like these high-level articles that you can then pitch for publication from an earned media standpoint or being able to speak at like right now virtual events and virtual panel discussions or even like podcasts or even like maybe doing a webinar or, or doing an interview with a blogger. All of that is under the, the thought leadership umbrella and I feel like Clubhouse is just a new shiny toy that will speak to helping build thought leadership for executive and, and brand. Mm-hmm. Now I have to do the opposite of question about how PR pro should wait because I've seen Twitter, Facebook, Slack, discord, and even LinkedIn all saying they're going to be copying clubhouse. So it's, I know discord's already live. I already actually tried it out. So it works pretty well. And Twitter is kind of building one. Facebook has their beta version of it, I guess, but should PR pros at least wait or should they just park it and then just see what what the other ones are going to be doing for a clubhouse-like feature. I mean, to sign up for a clubhouse now, don't wait. I think one of my favorite phrases has always been like, the best time to do something is not later on, it's now. So just, I look at clubhouse as like, just jump into the pool and just start checking it out and not wait for like these other platforms to sort of copycat clubhouse. Gotcha. And do you think that since clubhouse got so popular that that the new audio content or audio format content is kind of a new options for a lot of social networks. And is it a new option for PR pros to get their thought leadership out? Like you said before. Yeah. I think we're always due for like this new kind of social network. I think for years, everyone's like, Oh, what's the next Facebook? What's the next Twitter? And I feel like Clubhouse 
it's not like the new Facebook, but I, it is the new sort of social cool network that all the cool kids are doing and wanting to be part of. And, and for that, I think it just presents a lot of exciting possibilities. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm in tech PR because of, of the innovation that I'm seeing firsthand up front. So Clubhouse is definitely going to take up a little bit, a lot more popularity as we go on through 2021 and even like next year. But to me, the question that I think people should be asking is like, okay, what's the next Clubhouse? And what is the future of tech PR in your opinion? Is there going to be any new horizons, new clubhouses or new strategies kind of being built out because of 2020 and 2021 and beyond? I don't know. I feel like I look at technology PR the same as any other industry PR, whether it's financial services or CPG or entertainment PR. I think the one thing that we're all facing as an industry in the PR world is like a couple of things. One, the changing media landscape. You're getting new outlets popping up. You're getting even like, for example, Substack being like other reporters like Alex Kantwitz from formerly at BuzzFeed. He's like, oh, I'm going to create a Substack. So you're seeing all that stuff going on, evolving, changing media landscape, new outlets going away, new contacts coming into the industry. But I think overall, it's just more competition for us in the PR world to help our clients get that earned media coverage. So I'm hearing more complications and more competition is kind of on the horizon for the time being. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And fun question for you, since we talked about Clubhouse, if you could create your Clubhouse-like social network, what would it be and what features would it have? I've always thought that we are living in a time when there's just so much stuff going on. There's just so much attention, so many distractions. So, and, and for that, I like to see us go back to like a social network lifeline before it, it sort of turned off, like short videos. I feel like that's what we need. I mean, because there's just so much stuff going on. Like, give me six second videos, I'm good. Gotcha. So you basically want a precursor to TikTok because I'm pretty sure a lot of the younger ones are like, what is Vine? It's like, it basically was TikTok. I know, exactly. All right, any final thoughts for our listeners? No, I think from two standpoints. From a PR standpoint, I, I would love to remind my colleagues to just make sure that you're pitching the right people and offering up the right narrative. And I've always believed in like, you're selling the story and not the product. And then secondly, from a personal standpoint, stay safe and well, get your vaccine if you can, and we will get to the other side of this pandemic. All right. Thank you, John, for joining PR360. Really appreciate you talking about tech PR and all the new social networks that are propping up, or at least interesting things propping up. Thank you so much, Brett. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a review. It really does help with the rankings. Let us know how we're doing. Also, join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get your vaccine if you can, and see you next week. Later.